You're listening to Jack Barksdale's Roots Revival. So, ladies and gentlemen, Jack Barksdale. Hey, everybody. My name's Jack Barksdale. Welcome to another episode of Jack Barksdale's Roots Revival. Today, I'm here with Peter Donovan of All the Real Girls, the, the Rose Petals with Elijah Ocean, who I've also happened to interview here. He's releasing a new solo album that's coming out real soon, and I'm super excited for it. I'm going to get to interview him today. Hey, Peter. Hey, Jack. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Awesome. Excited to be here. Yeah. Even though it's you know, kind of a basic question, it's always kind of a, a really interesting one and a really important one. I'd kind of like to know, you know, how you started getting into music and, you know, into songwriting and and all that kind of stuff. How how'd you how'd you get started? Um, well, growing up, uh, my mom always listened to a lot of like Broadway musicals. Um, so I listened to a lot of that growing up. And then my dad was usually listening to like Beach Boys or the Beatles and things like that. Um, so I always kind of had music around. And then when I was in high school, a friend of mine showed me a couple chords on the guitar. Mm-hmm. And I started kind of just learning um, a few chords and learning some songs and pretty much right away, I just wanted to start writing. Um, And yeah, I just, I I almost, I started writing almost before I was good enough at guitar to do so. You know, I only really knew three chords or so. And um, yeah, just from the jump was just interested in kind of like writing my own songs and coming up with my own lyrics. And I think because of my, growing up listening to all those musicals, I've always been a fan of like story songs and, um, you know, songs with characters and things like that. So, um, yeah, I just, I just kind of dove right in as soon as I started playing guitar. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. For me, it definitely came at the the same time. It's uh, it's pretty exciting once you, you know, get to finally have the knowledge, you know, put some music to the words that you've written. Yeah, for sure. Really kind of, fun thing to you know, do that for the first time like i said earlier you're uh the kind of the front man of a band called all the real girls i kind of just like to you know hear hear about you know some of the how the band you know formed some of the cool things that you've done and maybe your goals with that band yeah so when i first started writing songs you know i really wanted to be in a band i yeah. initially didn't want to be kind of like a singer songwriter type um but since I was just starting out, I didn't have any bandmates. It was just me. So uh-huh. um, I was a big, and I still am a big fan of Bright Eyes. And mm-hmm. he kind of had a thing where it was kind of like a solo project, but he was kind of, you know, calling it Bright Eyes as, 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 as if it was like a band. Uh-huh. Um, so All the Real Girls was a movie that had come out in the early 2000s. And I kind of just stole the name <laughs> to just use it as almost like a fake band because I didn't want to be a solo artist at the time. Uh Um, So that band has kind of gone through some different um, iterations. Elijah actually played in that band with me for a little while. Uh Um, And yeah, we put out a a handful of records under that name. And we're actually, I've actually dissolved that band for now so that I can shift to my solo project. But Uh it's kind of an interesting um, timeline because here I am at the end of it and I'm just I want to be a solo artist again, which is like the one thing I didn't want to be at the beginning. Um, But, you know, I think it's, 
I think when I was first starting out, you know, I, like I said, I wasn't like a great musician at the time. And mm-hmm. I think whenever you start anything new, there's always some insecurities. And mm-hmm. so I think having a band to kind of hide behind is a little comforting in a way. Um, you know, it's, it can be kind of scary to just put your name out there and just mm-hmm. say like, here I am, Peter Donovan or, you know, uh-huh, yeah. Um, so I just think now is, it feels like the right time to just shift to doing, yeah. doing stuff under my own name. And, and, you know, I feel a lot more confident in my songwriting and all that kind of stuff. So uh-huh. yeah, it's been a good, seems like a good time to, sh- to shift. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's really interesting. And, uh, I'd kind of like to, uh, you know, talk more about, uh, the Rose Petals, your band with Elijah, Elijah Ocean. And, um, it's, I, y'all put out an album just last year, mm-hmm. uh, 2021, and it's, it's really cool. Yeah, so it sounds like y'all have known each other for a while. You know, how did that, how'd y'all end up making that album, you know, forming that band? So I was living in LA, I was going to college there, and I, I met some musicians that were from Portland, Maine, that I was playing with, and we all got kind of burnt out on the LA thing, and they convinced me to move back to Portland with them. So mm-hmm. I moved to Maine, and you know, I grew up in San Diego, Southern California. So winters in Maine were rough for me, but, um, I met a ton of awesome, it's, you know, Portland's a pretty small town, but there's so many talented musicians there and so many awesome bands. And, um, Elijah was living there when I had moved there. He had a band called Loverless. Um, and my band was in, was looking for a lead guitar player and Elijah joined. And then, um, him and I kind of hit it off right away. I think we're both real nerds about songwriting and uh-huh. the craft of songwriting. And uh-huh. um, so we pretty much immediately started writing songs together. And, you know, the goal was always to make a record together. Um, yeah. And as you probably know, you know, making records is expensive. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we, we kept writing all these songs and we just like, we never really had the money to get into a studio. And then, yeah he ended up moving to New York city and I moved out to Seattle and we always kept in touch and always kept writing back and forth. And then finally, like two or three years ago, we decided it was the right time to finally make a record together, um, which was the impetus for the rose petals. And the interesting thing about that record from a songwriting standpoint is I wrote all the lyrics and I sent them to him and he wrote all the music. Uh huh. Um, so that was kind of an interesting process. Um, that's, that's, pretty cool yeah and yeah i'm really i'm really happy with that one how that one came out and i think you know we had written i i I dare to say a hundred songs together over the course of you know the years that we've known each other and you know i think just the repetition of working together for so long and writing together so long that when it finally came time to put these songs out that they were they were really strong i feel like we Mm -hmm. we we had like kind of found our voice together i think at the right time so it was cool yeah that's really really cool yeah, so you you've done some really cool projects, you know, all the real girls, which was kind of like your band name for you know your solo project. But now you kind of got you're doing this music under your own name, uh-huh. and, and in 2020 you released a song, and it was your first you know solo release. It's called "It's Good to Be Alive," and it, it's a really cool song. Thank you. And American Songwriter did an article about it, mm-hmm. and I read it. It was really cool. So could you just kind of, you know, tell the story behind, you know, that song and the Bushwick Book Club? Because that sounds like a really cool thing. Yeah, so there's this there's this really cool um, 
I don't know if you call it an organization, but they put on shows here in Seattle um, uh-huh. called the Bushwick Book Club. And it was actually inspired by a, a program in New York. Oh, cool. Just why it was. The, that's the original Bushwick Book Club. And then um, one of the guys moved to Seattle and started a Seattle chapter. But basically the premise is, you know, they pick a book for each show and all the artists write a song inspired by the book. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can you can read the book as an audience member and then you come to the show and everyone kind of plays these different songs about yeah. um, the book. And it's, it's really cool because, you know, you get so many different styles of musicians and, you know, some people play like on a cello or some people mm-hmm. will play, you know, do like a spoken word sometimes. Like there's just so many cool different things that people do. That's really um, cool. So for for this one, the book was The Adventures of Frog and Toad. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with those books. They're old old children's books about a frog and a toad who are buddies and they kind of have, you know, little adventures together. And, you know, there's little morals and good life lessons kind of tucked into these fun little stories. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and one of the one of the big premises of of Frog and Toad is just how important it is to have friends and how valuable friendship can be and mm-hmm. you know when when times are tough or you're feeling down you know how how wonderful it is to just have people around you that you can turn to or that can mm-hmm. kind of cheer you up um yeah so the song that i wrote was called good to be alive and since it was a frog and toad inspired song i tried to make it not not necessarily like a children's song but i i tried to use like really simple language and mm-hmm. um kind of make something that was universal that yeah. hopefully a lot of people could just kind of like grab onto right away. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's a, it was a, it was a fun, fun project. It's a, uh-huh. it's a good organization. I've, I've been able to do a couple more shows since then. So uh-huh. I saw on your website that you're going to be back there in June, right? Yeah. June. Uh, we're doing the midnight library. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really cool kind of thing that they're doing there. What was kind of the thing that put you, you know, over the edge that made you, you know, decide that you were going to release that song under your own name? It's a good question. Um, you know, I think, I think, like I said earlier, you know, I just, it felt like maybe it was the right time. Um, I just felt, I think I just felt more confident in what I was doing and kind of like what I wanted to do. And mm-hmm. I think it just made a lot of sense to, to just put my name on it. You know, I think, for the same reasons when I was younger, maybe I was a little insecure and a little afraid to put my name on it. Now that I'm a little, a little older, I was, you know, I'm feeling, feeling proud of it. And I'm like, this is, Mm -hmm. this is the music that I'm making and I, I should just put my name right on it. And, you know, Mm -hmm. people like it. Great. And if they don't, it's fine too. (laughs) Yeah. So you, you're doing a lot of stuff. Uh, You've released several singles since then under your own name and you're releasing this full length album. Mm-hmm. Called this better be good. It's uh, really cool. When is it going to be out? Comes out on the 29th. Awesome. A C- couple weeks. Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I've gotten to listen to it. It's it's really really cool. Uh, I kind of like to hear the story of you know some of the album, the album origins. You know how these batch of songs ended up you know on this album. You know how how you wrote them, why you wrote them, how this all how this all happened. So it actually started right around um, early 2020 when we all went into quarantine. And mm-hmm. I kind of took on this little project just to keep myself sane and to keep myself busy where I would learn a Beatles song every day, mm-hmm. just record like a pretty basic acoustic cover of Beatles. Mm-hmm. And um, 
so I was doing that each day. And then as I was doing that, I was also writing these songs. Um, so, you know, I don't think that the songs necessarily are like overtly sound like the Beatles, but um, uh-huh. there's definitely a lot of influence in the songwriting. And I think, uh-huh. I don't know if you have this experience, like if you cover a song that you really like, sometimes you'll hear things or you'll realize like a cool chord change that you didn't really know uh-huh. just from listening to it, you know? Yeah. Um, and little tricks of the arrangement. So I was definitely learning a lot of little tricks that they like to do the Beatles and, and interjecting that into my own songs. And then, you know, because we were just in quarantine, I really had nothing to do other than focus on writing, which yeah. was, I mean, it was, it was obviously not an awesome time, but in terms of just be, for being able to focus on writing songs, it was, it was really great. And I, you know, uh-huh. I think when life is buzzing on around you, sometimes as, as much as you kind of can like close the door on it, you're just, it's a, it's always going to be out there, you know? And I think because the world had literally like paused, um, I was just in the kind of a weird, not, yeah, I was just like in a weird headspace and I, I had the time to, to just spend a lot of time writing songs. And, you know, I wrote probably 30 songs and was able to whittle down the 11 that I liked the best. And uh, yeah, I'm really happy with the turnout. I was, found myself surprising myself a little bit with some of the stuff I was coming up with in a good way. You know, I don't know. I don't know if you have that experience where you're kind of like, you know, you feel like you leveled up a little bit, maybe either as a musician or as a songwriter or a singer, you're kind of like, Oh, I feel like I've, I I can notice that, or I can, I can see that I'm getting better here. Uh Um, yeah. So that was cool. And, uh, yeah, that's really cool. It seems that you've kind of done the Beatles deep dive and I, I haven't really done that yet. You know, I've got some of my, my grandma's old Beatles records that I listen to every now and then, but I haven't really done, you know, the super deep dive. I'd kind of wonder what are some, some, it could be like a, a live album or, you know, a song, a Beatles, something of the Beatles that you think goes, needs to be, needs to get more attention from the general public. Oh, wow. Um... Even though, you know, they're this iconic band, they've got so much and, you know, they've got the hits, but, you know, I feel like some things are still kind of unappreciated by, you know, the masses. Well, my favorite Beatles album is probably Help. Yeah. Which is kind of in the middle of their career. Um, it's not quite like the bubblegummy stuff that they were doing early on. And it's not quite as weird as some of the stuff they were doing towards the end. It's kind of, it's, it's almost like a little bit of a gateway because you can kind of hear some of the older influences and you can kind of hear them starting to like stretch their legs a little bit and experiment yeah. a little bit. Um, so if you have that album kicking around, I would throw that on. And then uh-huh. there's a song in there called Ticket to Ride, which I don't know if you're familiar with that, but I'm not. Um, that's probably my favorite song of theirs. And it was, it was definitely a hit, but I don't think it's necessarily one that comes to mind as uh-huh. often as some of the other ones for people. So yeah. yeah, check out, check out Ticket to Ride. I think you'll dig it. Yeah. I want to talk about the album more. I was just very curious about that. <laughs> Generally when you make an album, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. And so, you know, the creator, you know, it, it, it's, it has a lot of meaning to the creator. Uh, what do you think, what to you is the, the purpose of this album? And what do you hope, you know, people come away from listening to it with? So mo- the songs on the album are about relationships. And mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of kind of like 
breakup type songs on there, but mm-hmm. they're not really intended to be sad. I feel like they're more because I'm I'm very happily married right now, and mm-hmm. um, I'm not like going. I wasn't like going through any bad breakup or anything that inspired the album. Um, uh-huh. Other than maybe the fact that like I was writing it at the very beginning of quarantine, and it just kind of seemed like maybe a sad time. But yeah. Um, People act like I, I play these songs at shows and people always ask me like, oh, are they about somebody specific? You know, is that song, is that about a specific person? And mm-hmm. and the answer is kind of yes and no, because I think they weren't written for a specific person, but there's kind of like little bits of all of these kind of like relationship experiences and life experiences that I've had throughout my life that uh-huh. I've just kind of held on to. And mm-hmm. I've just kind of peppered some of those details and some of those kind of emotions into the into the songs. And I think or at least I hope that even though they are sad songs, I'm not necessarily writing them from a sad place. So I hope that I hope that they play more as like reflective or nostalgic or wistful uh-huh. and not, you know, there's not, it's not like very bitter. It's not, there's not a lot of bitterness on there. It's more about like, you know, we gave this relationship a shot and it didn't work out and, uh-huh. you know, hopefully we can walk away and, and learn something from it. It's more of, you know, a, a reflection than a reaction. Definitely, yeah. That's very well put. That's pretty cool. There's just a, a lot of great songs and writing on this album. Uh, you know, you've you've written all these songs, and this might be kind of a hard uh, question to answer, but what do you think is one that you're very proud of on this album? Because I know you said that, you know, some of the songs you see, like, wow, I'm getting better there. You know, is there... A couple of the songs on the album that you're really proud of that you think is kind of a a sign of growth, maybe. Yeah, I think um, "In Another Life" was one of the ones that I was really happy with, mm-hmm. um, and then "Goodbye for Now" is another one that I was really happy with. And yeah. I and I think you know, going back to the Beatles, I think one thing that they do that's really cool is like, you know, their songs are very catchy and very hooky and. Uh-huh. You know, they have they have choruses that have hooks and then even the verses have hooks and there's all these uh-huh. all these hooks and repeating lines. And and I feel like. I was on those songs, I was able to kind of meld like hooky, melodic stuff, but also uh-huh. I was really proud of the lyrics and like what they meant. And I like I like the way that they, you know, I thought this time around, I thought a lot about not only like what the words meant, but how they sounded in the melody. Yeah. Um, which sometimes is like, that's, that can really make a song more powerful. I feel like it's like, oh yeah, if the words have meaning, but also just like how they sound, you know, in the, mm-hmm. in the melody. So those were two in particular, where I, I was really happy with kind of the, the, the compromise of those two things, the, the oh. words having a really nice meaning, but also sounding good in the song. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, I found that, you know, kind of one of the masters of that that I really enjoy listening to is John Prine. Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. You know, he's got songs like you know, Speed of the Sound of Loneliness. There's, I mean, there's a tons of songs where, you know, the song wouldn't be as powerful, even though, you know, it's so, the song is so good, it wouldn't be as powerful if he didn't, you know, just add that extra little, where he, all the words just flow together so nicely. Mm-hmm. Like, like the John Prine song, Long Monday, that John Prine and Keith Sykes wrote. That's just one of my favorite examples of that. Yeah. Yeah, but that's really cool. And that was definitely one of the things that I found one of the really cool factors of that album, of, you know, this album that you're putting out. Oh, cool. Thank you.
I was looking at your uh, website, and I saw that you're doing a release show for this album. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, can you talk about you know where that is, and you know, just tell people about it? Yeah, it's going to be the 29th, uh, which is the day the album comes out. Mm -hmm. We're playing at the Sunset Tavern in a neighborhood called Ballard here in Seattle, mm -hmm. um, which is one of my favorite venues in town. So I'm very excited about that. And um, I have my whole band that recorded the record with me. So I play with drums, drums, bass, keyboards, lead guitar, and I play electric rhythm guitar. Oh. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, I, I was, I've been very lucky to find an incredible band to play with me because these guys are all excellent. And um, yeah, we're excited to, to get the album out there and then yeah. to, uh, to play the show. That's awesome. Are there any uh, shows coming up uh, that you're uh, really excited about that, like, you know, any cool festivals or really cool shows or really just any cool projects that you're working on? Any, anything new or, and exciting that you're, that you're doing? Um, I'm, nothing's confirmed yet, but I'm probably going to be doing some festivals towards the end of the summer. Um, that I'll hopefully be able to announce soon. And then, um, yeah, I just want to spend, I'm trying to play as much as I can. Um, and you know, I play with my band on occasion, but I also play just by myself on acoustic. Yeah. Um, which is a totally different experience. You know, it's, yeah. I can play diff some different songs. I can you know, do some of the more mellow stuff. Um, so yeah, I have a handful of solo acoustic dates coming up this summer that I'm excited about. Just, you know, I've always, I, I haven't played by myself acoustic that much. I'm not yeah. super experienced with that. And I'm, I feel like I'm just getting more and more comfortable with it. And I just yeah. want to get out there and do it as much as I can, you know? Yeah. Are, are you planning on uh, maybe eventually making an album of acoustic songs? An interesting question. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to that by any means. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and like you know, all these all the songs for this record, I wrote them on acoustic. Um, oh. Which you know, I don't know if you usually write on acoustic or electric, or if you kind of switch it up. But mm -hmm. for me, it's definitely I definitely come up with different stuff depending on, or even you know, maybe sometimes you sit down at a piano and come up with an idea. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's just interesting to kind of see how the songs evolve in different settings and on different instruments and uh -huh. and things like that so yeah i would i would definitely be interested in doing an acoustic album mm -hmm. down the line yeah i uh just interviewed jamie harris who's a really cool songwriter here in, well she lives in nashville but she does a lot of stuff in uh here in texas and she did uh she released her debut album in 2018 and then uh she released this EP of uh, several songs from the album, just acoustic, kind of because she had been working on, you know, playing solo, and she thought that she she really wanted to you know, show that side of of those songs, and I felt it was it was a really cool uh, EP, and I feel like that's just a really cool. I love it when people do that. Yeah, it's cool. You're um, you can kind of like reinvent them or like reimagine them, I guess. Yeah. Like Jack White released that song, I can't remember the name of it, but he released an electric version that went on the album. And when he released it as a single, he released an acoustic version with it too. And it was like, it was like a jug band version. It was really cool. Oh, sweet. Um, yeah, are you, I don't know if you're a Counting Crows fan, but they had their big album in the 90s with all their hits on it. And then they did a uh -huh. VH1 Storytellers and they did it all acoustic. Wow. And 
basically like reinvented all the songs in like a new setting. That's crazy. Um, yeah, and they put it out on CD and it's great. I mean, you know, the songs are beautiful and it's mm-hmm. just, it's, I feel like that's the, the sign of a good song is if you can play it in multiple different ways. I mean, this is what I think uh-huh. is so great about Bob Dylan's songs is oh, you yeah. hear people, you hear people cover Bob Dylan. It's like, you know, Guns N' Roses to Linda Ronstadt. I mean, everybody yeah. does it in their own way, but it's always great, you know, cause I think the, the song itself is great. Yeah, that was awesome. Is there anything else cool shows uh, coming up that you just like to tell people about, maybe see if they could come out or anything you, you know, just like to talk about before we, before we go? No, I think we, I think we covered it. Awesome. Well, new album out called This Better Be Good on the 29th. I'm super excited for it. I've gotten to listen to it and I'm excited for, you know, everybody else to hear it. Uh, It's pretty cool. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me. And I hope we can meet in person soon. That'd be really great. Uh, maybe I get to see one of your shows or something. But um, thank you so much. Yeah, if you're ever up, if you're ever up in Seattle, let me know. We'll do a show together or something. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so thank you so much, everybody. Once again, it's Peter Donovan. Thank you so much for coming on, and hope to see you soon.